What's up, everybody? This is your boy, B.O., a.k.a. The Baptist Observer, a.k.a. Bo, a.k.a. Matt Dixon. Welcome to Matt Dixon is Baptist Observer. We got a lot of things to observe, man. A lot of things are going on. Uh, number one, we're going to be talking about a little bit about the Southern Baptist Convention coming up in a couple weeks. We're going to be talking about the NBA Finals, of course, that's going on tonight. And then we're going to talk about some enemies who seem to be your friends, some allies who actually turned out to be your nemesis. Welcome to Matt Dixon is the Baptist Observer. Alright guys, so first off, I want to talk about this article uh, that I heard about through my man Bomani Jones um, from the right time. Originally, it was this from the USA Today. Alexa creepily recorded a family's private conversation sent them to a business associate. Alright, everybody knows what an Alexa is, right? They've become pretty ubiquitous over the years. Um, my man, Jacob Thurman, has one shout out to Jacob Thurman. Um, basically, it's just like this big tube thing where you, you can it's voice activated, you know, so you say Alexa and then you tell it what to do and if like you were playing this through speakers your Alexa probably just got activated uh, you can tell it to do anything but really the only useful thing it seems to me is to like call out for some for some music and then it plays some music through the speaker like that's pretty cool if you're like hey Alexa play some R. Kelly or hey Alexa play some Mouse City like that works uh, but for everything else, I don't really get it. I mean, I guess you could be like, hey, Alexa, order some toilet paper. Or, hey, Alexa, what's the weather like today? But if I'm doing that, I want to do it on my phone so I can see the graphics and you look at reviews. And I, it just doesn't seem very useful to me. But anyway, this story comes out where this couple, man and wife, are talking about their hardwood flooring, if they want to replace it or not or something, something gets triggered in Alexa, she records the conversation, and then sends it to a business associate all on her own without them knowing. The, the, the person's like, hey, I got this email with a recording of you guys. And they're like laughing it off. And he's like, yeah, you're looking for that new oak hardwood floors, right? And they're like shook. This shake this this got me shook. Um, this could happen to any of us at any point in time. Any private conversation, you know, if you're if you're talking behind somebody's back, could you imagine? This is like we've all been to the through the situation of like we're texting about somebody, and we accidentally text that person, right? And then there's some plausible deniability there. We're like, <laughs> just joking, brother, or something like that. But in this scenario, I mean, they get a full audio recording of you calling them trash. There's no recovering from that. And that's just a friendship. There's gonna there could be people losing their jobs. There could be blackmail situations going on. This is some serious stuff. And apparently what's going on is the Alexa or the Echo or whatever is just sitting there at all times waiting on the opportunity to hear that voice, that, that trigger. Right? They're waiting to be triggered. Which means, in theory, they're listening at all times. Um, so you can accidentally trigger it. And it's listening in. Um, this is terrifying, right? I mean, think about all the scenarios where this could be life-ruining for you. Uh, and this doesn't really apply to me, but could you imagine if you're doing something illegal and this accidentally gets sent off, right? Um, there's just so many bad things. Um, this technology is just kind of, uh, it's kind of scary, right? Anyway, 
moving on. So that was a, you know, we thought that was a friend of ours, but Alex is turning on us. But also, a beloved character um, in America culture turns out that she is turning on us, and that is Pam Halpert from The Office. I saw this tweet the other day on Twitter. I saw the tweet on Twitter, not on Instagram. It said, Pam cheated on Roy, led Jim on for years, jealous of Katie, back with Roy but awkward with Karen, lied to co-workers and management about office administrator position. Jim supported her dream. She asked to give up on his, harassed Danny, and had emotional connection with cameraman. Now, some of these points are more valid than others. Uh, she did cheat on Roy. She kissed Jim. Well, Jim kissed her, and then she kissed him back. Right, and then there was some emotional flirtation uh, while she was engaged to Roy, while she led Jim on. This is just a fact. You know, we don't want to look at it like that because we love Jim and Pam, so it wasn't necessarily cheating on. It was just like what Roy deserved. But from an objective standpoint, she did lead Jim on, cheat on Roy. Uh, but then she she did lie her way into a position. Again, it's a comedy, but you're looking at her as a person. She's supposed to be kind of like a moral compass of the television show and she did lie her way up and then the best point to me is that when she went to art school Jim was super supportive said hey if you come back you come back the right way but after years of working at a job Jim hates he finally gets this sports job that he really likes and he wants to move to Philly Pam is not about it at all in such a weird way I mean Michael's gone they don't seem super close to their parents you know, and all this stuff's going on, and she just doesn't want to leave Scranton. But there are some funny ones. Uh, one is from this guy named Jeremy Gents. He said, Wines, Pam Wines, that nobody came to her art show, even though she spoke with Michael there. I mean, it was an, it was an extremely emotional uh, time when, you know, they hug each other. She's crying. He's like, I'm so proud of you. He buys the painting. But then on the beach, she's like, nobody came to my art show. When Michael Scott's sitting right there. I mean, that's the main character, Pam. And he came. What more do you want? Oh, yeah. Oscar, the state farm agent, came too. With his boyfriend. But then, when Kevin asks everyone to come watch his band perform Scrantonicity too, not Scrantonicity, she doesn't show. I mean, that's pretty bad evidence against Pam. Not only that, but there's another tweet that says, built a steel cage friend zone and locked Toby in it for seven years. And there's no, there's no arguing against that. I mean, she had Toby locked up with no hope. But finally, a cool one, kind of like a, uh, this is a good bookend of The Office. This is so good, I think it has to be intentional. But I've never heard of it. I mean, I was, I was huge into The Office. I had an office party every week. I've been watching on Netflix constantly. I think it's interesting that Netflix... I think there's been a revival in office interest. Sorry. Interests. And I think it's really because of two reasons. Number one is because of Netflix. They put Netflix, they put it on Netflix or whatever, and people can just watch it over and over and over and over again. And it's like the perfect show just to like watch before you sleep or just to turn on when you don't want to watch anything. And so there's like this overconsumption of The Office now, and there's been a revival of interest in it. But also, it is the most memeable and jiffable show in all of history. I mean, these memes are perfect. There's an abundance of them. There's all these gifs that people love to use. And because there's been this groundswell of uh, interest in the office, I think. But here is the bookend that I thought was so beautiful. 
Uh, this is Matthew Edward at underscore soulless saint. I might share the gospel with Matthew Edward if you want to DM me about that, Matthew. But he says, claimed on the booze cruise that she didn't want to get married on a boat without her parents. Later married Jim on a boat at Niagara Falls without her parents. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. Because, you know, she's like, no, no, I want to get married with my parents. I don't want to get married on this boat. But then she ends up actually getting married on a boat without her parents. And that is so beautiful. I think it has to be intentional. We're playing basketball. We're playing basketball. All right, guys. So there is... uh, a very big basketball game on tonight. The NBA Finals, obviously. Cavs versus Warriors. But first, I want to talk about this tweet I saw in the basketball realm uh, from Eric Geiger. And Eric Geiger said, If you are a hoopster, which will give Eric Geiger the benefit of the doubt that he is being ironic when he uses the phrase hoopster, who is going to the Southern Baptist Convention? The Southern Baptist Convention is like June like 17th to the 20th or something like that in Dallas, Texas. I wish I was going. It's going to be very interesting this year. Obviously, a lot of things going on. Um, and everybody's like, hey, you need to show up and vote. If you're young, you need to show up and vote and be the change and learn the system. It's like, hey, fam, I got a sports camp I got to help run. Can't be there. But anyway, I'm sure it's going to be great. But he says, if you are a hoopster, who, a hoopster who is going to the Southern Baptist Convention, Owen Strand and I are scheduling a game on late Tuesday night. We have vans and a gym set, so we're looking for 18 more ballers, 20 total. Let us know. I just had to comment on this. Uh, because they're going to be playing basketball. The Southern Baptist Convention, they got they want 20 guys, which means I'm thinking they're going to be doing some five-on-five half-court, so they're playing at all times. And this leads to... A thought experiment of the best starting five basketball players that the Southern Baptist Convention has to offer. So, what is the team when you're rolling up to the court for this Eric Geiger Owen Strand pickup nine on late Tuesday night in Dallas? What's the team you don't want to see? Now, obviously, there's some pretty good Southern Baptist basketball players, you know, like. I don't know, like at Liberty or something. We're not we're not talking those guys because I don't know who they are. You know, I don't know if Steph Curry's a Baptist. He's probably non-denom. Kevin Durant's definitely non-denom. I'm trying to think who I, I think Kyle Korver's some sort of reformed Christian, like a like some sort of weird, like reformed, but some sort of weird denomination. Never heard of. Not really sure. Anyway, so I'm thinking like uh, like evangelical celebrities. Like somebody in Big Eva. You know, and here's here's what I thought. My, my best starting five, Southern Baptist Convention, Intelligista, celebrity kind of thing. Number one, Robbie Gallaty is my starting power forward for sure. I mean, he is a big dude. He's somebody I want on my team. I'd be passing the rock down to him, giving some post-ups and stuff. Number two, David Platt. A few days ago, I would have never guessed David Platt. He would have never came to my mind. But I saw this picture of him doing CrossFit all right, on uh, Memorial Day. So I saw this picture of him on Memorial Day wearing this dry fit brave shirt. And no lie, he was about to bust out of that shirt. I was amazed by this man's biceps. So I don't know if he has any skills at all. And yeah, you heard it here, Babs Observer. I am amazed at David Platt's biceps. 
All right, but I don't know if he if he has any basketball skill whatsoever. But every team needs uh, like a, a lockdown defender, and if he doesn't, if he can't shoot or anything, I think David Platt could be that guy. Obviously, he is in fantastic shape. I was thinking this man was in South Asia, like eating rice, you know, like like fasting three times a week. I didn't know he was consuming the calories to have such body mass but these biceps like there was this huge vein and i just couldn't believe it man i didn't think his diet as like this you know radical missionary or whatever is going around i didn't think he had it in him but the man's got a body david platt has got a body i gotta move on from this so uh, matt chandler is my next pick matt chandler i'm pretty sure can ball you know he's tall seems like he would have a good shot feels like he could get that mid-range all he wants i'm taking matt chandler on my team Number four, J.D. Greer. Just because he's young, I don't know anything about him. I never read a book. I've never read an article. I've never watched a sermon. I don't know anything about the man. Uh, but I will say he's young, and he could probably provide some leadership to the team. Right? Al Mole would be the coach, but J.D. Greer would be a good floor general. You need that. Number number five. All right, so we got we got really some big men. We got some good forwards and Robbie, David, and Matt. We got J.D. Greer, who's like the point guard. But then I got Owen Strand on here, and this surprised me. I surprised myself because Owen Strand, I thought, was a lock for the worst five. But then I started thinking, no, 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 you need somebody like Owen Strand. He's small, but you know Owen Strand's going to shoot a shot. Right, this guy is kind of like an Isaiah Thomas, I could see. I mean, he's one to play basketball, first of all. So you think he, he has some basketball skill. Uh, he's small, but he has got some, uh, let's say, some confidence. right? And you could see this man. I could see him shooting 30 shots a game. I wouldn't say you would want him on your team because it seems like he might shoot a little too much. But, I mean, if I'm thinking best five, you need a gunner on this team that seems to be kind of heavy defensively. So I'm putting... Owen Strand surprisingly got my best five. Um, but also you need a six-man. Sometimes in a six-man you need somebody who could get in there and maybe get a little dirty, who could do some um, some hard fouls, who could just do the things nobody else wants to do. So I'm going to put Paige Patterson in the best five Southern Baptist Convention players. All right, on to worst five. This is pretty easy. Number one is Ken Hemphill because he's old. Number two is John Piper because he's brittle. Number three is Joe Thorne because he is small. Number four is Tom Schreiner because he's too skinny to guard the post. I mean, he would just get absolutely posted up into oblivion by Robbie Gowdy. And uh, number five is Trevin Wax. Uh, or is it Tevin Wax? I'm really not sure, but uh, because he has no killer instinct. <laughs> He just, he, 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 I can't trust him in the clutch. So, Tevin Wax makes the works five. Then six man, I got to go with Bill Gaither. Uh, just because I don't think he'd be very good. I don't know if he's a Southern Baptist or not, but I'm just thinking about Bill Gaither playing basketball. Hey, moving on to the NBA Finals. Um, I'm just not that excited about it. Round four of Golden State versus the Cavs. As y'all know, I love LeBron James. I think he's one of the greatest players ever. I'm not interested in having a debate about who actually is the greatest player ever because that's like an impossible conversation. Um, but it all comes down to a guy born in Akron um, and his teammates Kevin Green and Thompson versus another guy born in Akron and versus his teammates Kevin Green and Thompson. The only problem is, is one guy born in Akron, LeBron James, has Kevin Love, a concussed Kevin Love, Jeff Green, 
who has never been successful in the NBA, uh, and Tristan Thompson, who's got the Kardashian curse. The other guy born in Akron, Steph Curry, has Kevin Durant, an MVP, reigning finals MVP. Uh, Draymond Green, the Defensive Player of the Year, and Clay Thompson, who is the best shooter of all time, only second to the other guy on his team, man born in Akron, Steph Curry. And it's kind of weird to feel bad for LeBron. I feel bad for LeBron, but it's weird, you know, because like LeBron's got everything. I mean, he's like super rich. He's super talented. Um, things have gone well for the man, but I feel bad for him. I mean, the man came into the game one right now tonight wearing a full suit on top and some short shorts on bottom. I'm thinking his mind is just not there. I mean, that's got to be an existential crisis trying to figure out how to beat the Warriors, and LeBron's in it. He says he's a competitor. I can't wait to see what he's going to do, but I'm thinking it's going to be like 40-point triple-doubles from LeBron. They lose by 20. It all comes into this. I was listening to Stephen A. Smith. He said that the key to the game was you got to get production from Jeff Green. The fact that that sentence was even said shows you how desperate it is. There's no chance. My prediction, as painful as it is, is Warriors in four games. All right, y'all, that was the Baptist Observer. Thank you for observing some things with me. I'd like you to uh, subscribe to the podcast. Give me a five-star review. Share this with your friends. Let's get this going. We need some observation going on. And your boy, Bo, B-O, Baptist Observer, a.k.a. Matt Dixon, is Baptist Observer. Peace.